Welcome to another episode of the Bitchin' Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. And, come on. <laughs> and I'm Cole. <laughs> well, we are covering albums that release in the month of October. Woo! Uh, this is also the month of my favorite holiday, Halloween. Oh, I thought it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Love Halloween. It's it's fun and spooky and glorious and who knows, maybe this year I'll actually like do something. You know what? Yeah. I don't think I've done anything for Halloween the past few times, so no, I might do something too. I like I I wanna I wanna do a costume. I'll tell you what I don't do though on Halloween. Hmm. Hand out candy. Oh, that's God. what I don't do. I I admit I am that jackass that has their lights off. Um, but maybe this year I'll fuck. What day is Halloween? It's probably gonna be like a fucking Thursday. I hope not. Cause Halloween, like I remember seeing a lot of events going on around the twenty sixth. Yeah, it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. That's not bad. I'm just going to hide in my house with the lights off and watch spooky shit. I've done that before. Or maybe read spooky shit. But enough of that. Metal. Um, We're going to do a mix of new stuff and some spooky stuff. And a band that comes to mind, like the very first band I think of when I think of a band that's influenced by horror movies is Axe Slasher from Denver, Colorado. Yeah. And we're going to listen to Drifter's Warning, the single that they put out a few years back. Here it is.
All right, that was Axe Slasher. Uh, the song is off of a split they did with Call of the Void back in 2013. Yeah, they haven't been putting out a whole lot of stuff lately. The last thing I saw was Night of the Shears, a single they put out in 2018. Is but. this the same band that was on the mo- the movie? I did find Axe Slasher through Deathgasm. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, a song off of their uh, Anthology of Terror EP from 2013. I believe it was Mark of the Pentagram was the song that was used in that movie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Which is an excellent movie to watch around Halloween. (laughs) Seems like forever ago that that we watched that. I I will watch that shit like every day. <laughs> That's the same one with the the weed whacker with. Uh, <laughs> am I thinking of the same thing? Where he has a uh, barbed wire on the weed eater and he whacks some guy's wiener off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'll probably watch that again in the future. But yes, that was that was a good song. I'm I'm wondering though, and it's probably m- maybe something they did in the studio. But I'm always mm-hmm. curious to find out where people get their samples from. I know it's just a scream at the last part of the song, but I'm wondering where they got that from. Hmm. You you are the sample kind of guy, so I definitely see why you are pondering this. Ooh. I couldn't really identify it, so that's why I was curious. Right. So, uh, in anticipation for the episode, I was looking up some fun facts about Halloween is originally, like, inspired by, uh, the ancient Celtic festival of, uh, Samhain, (laughs) and in that festival... There was something called Dumb Supper. The tradition of Dumb Supper began began during this time in which food was consumed by celebrants, but only after inviting ancestors to join in, giving the families a chance to interact with the spirits until they left following dinner. Children would play games to entertain the dead, while adults would update the dead on past year's events. That night, doors and windows might be left open for the dead to come in and eat cakes that had been left for them. And I was trying so hard to find what games these children would play. And I could not figure it out. Mm. <laughs> but it's wonderfully creepy. Yeah, that is a little creepy. Yeah. People um, are probably still doing that, too. I mean, I guess it's all on how you perceive death and the afterlife, if there is one, and spirits, and all that shit. Uh, Let's see. I feel like we should jump into something new. Okay. And... Like plastic around the CD case new? Yeah, like you're going to rip the plastic off and smell it. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, how about the bleeding? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> the Bleeding is the band. The album is Morbid Prophecy. 
This is being released on World War Now Records. It comes out October 18th. Uh, This band is from the UK. The guitarist says that the new album, Morbid Prophecy, is an aural descent into hell that encapsulates the saga of the fall of man. The themes of desperation, destruction, and death echo through the album in a cacophony of damnation. Man enters the abyss and surrenders to the scale of horror he witnesses. With a ravaged mind, he returns to deliver pain and suffering to the unbelievers. Stop the tape, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) These are all all juicy subjects. Right? Um, And I'm like, and you're releasing this in October? Brilliant! Uh, But we're going to listen to... Demonic Oath. Yes.
right, you just heard the band The Bleeding, and that song was Demonic Oath off of their Morbid Prophecy album. I like that. I was curious in the beginning of the song, uh, the way that it started. I didn't really know that it would turn into what what it actually did, which is good. I was surprised by that, and I actually like this band a lot. Uh, there's a li- well, not like technical death metal, but there's very like there's parts of it that are precise, and then parts of it that are more like aired out. If that makes sense. Sorry, my voice is cracking. I hit puberty yesterday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the song. Nice. Yeah, that puberty will get you. <laughs> well. Now it's time for a fun, spooky fact. Let's hear it. A spoopy. Spoopy. All right. So uh, around uh, 430 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. And over the course of about 400 years, they ruled the Celtic lands. And two festivals kind of came from that, um, smashing uh, Samhain with... Roman festivals and one of those festivals I'm going to butcher it so I'm going to spell it and then I'll butcher it Uh, the first festival which happened a day in late October uh, was F-E-R-A-L-I-A Freyla? Anyway it was traditionally uh, used to commemorate the passing of the dead Uh, the second one was to honor Pomona, uh, which is the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, and the symbol, her symbol is the apple. And what do people still do sometimes at like parties is bobbing for apples. So what is that? But bobbing for apples? Mm, I've never heard of that. What is that like? Like I remember being a kid going to like a Halloween event and there was this like tub full of full of water and full of apples and you have to grab them with your mouth without touching them you Ooh. bob for apples I'm sure nowadays people are like oh my god what if there's germs <laughs> <laughs> Timmy's gonna get sick Let's you man see. up and you bite the apple <laughs> I've also seen it where they'll tie a string to the apple stem and hang it from like a pole and you have to try to grab it uh, with your mouth that way. That seems more sanitary. Yeah, I'm sure. But there are variations. But apples involved. Yeah. I'm and if you're the lame house on the block or the health nut house, you're handing out apples. Because I remember when I was a kid, people would freak out. Like, oh, God, what if there's a razor blade in the apple? That has never happened. Oh, so that's where... Okay, so that gotcha. It's... There's the tie-in, because I've, I've heard people mention that before, and I'm like, why the hell are people giving out apples during during Halloween? But that's a thing. People yeah. actually do that. Yeah. Mm. I like apples. They're good. My mother, one year, handed out boxes of raisins. I, that, I'd take uh, that. One year, she forgot to buy candy, so she handed out pennies. Like, one cent? Yeah, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Here, kid, have a penny. And I'm pretty hey, sure that kid was like, the fuck? It all adds up. <laughs> <laughs> it all adds if up. If every house gave a penny. <laughs> it's a strange thing. 
anyway, it's time for more music. Uh, the last two bands we played were pretty intense. So we're going to give you something more mellow. Like if you enjoy Earth or Bell Witch, you're probably going to like it. Or 20 beats per minute in general. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Does drone make you happy? Oh, I love drone. Well, I've got some post-Western drone doom for you. I will eat all of what you just said up <laughs> in a bowl. Uh, I'm gonna. I might butcher this. Cortege, C O R T E with an accent, G E. That would be my guess too. Uh, they're from Austin, Texas. Uh, I've heard of Canyon of the Skull. I'm pretty sure I have their one of their albums on my Bandcamp wish list, which is reached over 700. I have a problem. Um, okay. But they have a ex member from that band. Um, but. This music is going to be heavy and experimental and cinematic. And, ooh, so there's like this whole story. And and to help to help the listeners understand the story more thoroughly, uh, they have a fully illustrated comic book insert that comes with the music. Of course, if you buy the physical copy only i'm maybe maybe there's a digital one i don't know but there's an illustrated comic which is pretty neat but um instrumental themes so sit back and relax and enjoy that but the story the album explores a story of a misguided and wayland explorer of space and his experience in a foreign world Ooh. yes uh, so we're going to listen to Horizon. Yeah.
So you just heard Cortege. The song was Horizon off of their Capricorn album that released back in September. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which means if you liked what you heard, you can go listen to the whole damn thing on Bandcamp <laughs> or whatever else they put it on. But definitely did um, remind me of Earth. Um, there's that scratchy voice. Um, I haven't really like listened to like all of Earth's albums and it seems like but what I do know is I know from their album I think it's Hex and Hex something mm-hmm. it, and it basically sounds like an old western movie but like mm-hmm. slow down times a thousand Yeah, and I think that they actually they were like okay we like this direction so we're gonna keep doing this like forever and a day and it's worked for them but uh, for those of you who aren't familiar Earth started out as kind of like a drone band like like Sun and yeah. Sun's inspiration for their music is of course Earth but um interested to see what earlier Earth sounds like but this did remind me of like later later Earth like mm. what people know of Earth now yeah it's so weird saying the word Earth because I feel like I'm talking, talking about, about, about the planet <laughs> I'm also talking about a band um but yeah, I I love I love slow stuff like that. I really do. Yeah. And I'm going to hush now. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I appreciate you. Because uh, I don't know Earth. I've been meaning to listen to them, but so many books to read, so many bands to listen yeah. to. There's not going to be enough time. <laughs> I know. I just need infinite time. I would like infinite time, please. Yeah, Earth is definitely a band that you have to like. I don't know. It's not. I don't. I don't mean for this to sound bad. It's not like one thousand percent engaging. So you have to. You have to be like in the the right mindset to like sit down and listen to it because it it goes by slow. But it it like they'll take you through the motions though. It's good. I get you. It's definitely like. You got to be in the mood for the music. Yes. Like if you're in the mood for like just like thrashing around in your living room like a crazy person, don't put uh, Earth on or Cortege in that case. But they're good though. Yeah. Highly recommend. Well, more, more fun facts. So Halloween in America. Uh, wasn't really celebrated much because of those damn rigid Protestants. Um, Halloween was much more common in like Maryland or the southern colonies. Um, But it wasn't like Halloween as we know it today. Um, Because you had these European ethnic groups meshing with American Indians and this like distinct American version of Halloween started to, to emerge. Uh, and the first public events were essentially harvest festivals. Um, neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing. Um, they also told some ghost stories and there was some mischief making. Hmm. And by the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivals were common. 
but Halloween was not celebrated everywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. But in the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. A lot of these immigrants were a fuck ton of Irish fleeing the potato famine. And this helped popularize uh, Halloween as like a big holiday. As we know it today. As we know it today. So thanks, Irish people. Yes, thank you very much, Irish people. I think I have some Irish in me. I don't know how much, but thank you, some of me and Irish people in general. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, ooh, did you know that jack-o'-lanterns were originally turnips? No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these days it's a big fucking pumpkin, but back in the day, a little turnip. (laughs) Carve a little face in it. Put a little candle in there. You know what? Oh my God. We should carve some turnips. Bring back the good old days. Probably do that. I I could probably do that better than I could a pumpkin because I could totally see myself fudging up a pumpkin. Like a big ass pumpkin and just like Ooh. screwing it up because I know people do that. Oh God, I would fuck up a pumpkin or a turnip. Either <laughs> way, I don't discriminate. <laughs> but growing up, I remember uh, I lived next to next door to one of my friends, and her parents got like a huge pumpkin, like uh-huh. child size pumpkin. Wow! With the intention of carving it, and I was just like blown away as a child by this <laughs> i was like we just got the normal size pumpkins at my house <laughs> <laughs> but ooh, this next uh next one hmm. okay i'm this is a song off of a concept album uh the band is altars of grief and the album is called iris and i'm going to give you the story so The story of Iris is very much rooted in our prairie surroundings and deals with the struggles of addiction, sickness, and religion. Mm. A father finds himself unable to connect with and care for his young daughter, Iris, who has fallen seriously ill. Spiraling deeper and deeper into his vices and feeling rejected by Iris's newfound and unwavering faith, He gets into his car and decides to leave her behind. Somewhere along the icy road, he loses control of his vehicle and perishes. His purgatory is to watch helplessly as Iris slowly succumbs to her illness without him. Hmm. That's messed up. It's so dark. That's that's messed up. Um, Is there an edited version of this album? What, for your... (laughs) your dainty sensibilities <laughs> no uh i'm gonna play the song becoming intangible oh great <laughs> awesome <laughs> yo it's gonna be great I'm dragging me down i'll go i'll go i'll go <laughs> i'll go i'll go i'll find something perky to play afterwards <laughs> here it is
All right, that was Altars of Grief. Uh, the song was Becoming Intangible off Iris. It's good. Mm-hmm. Slow. Mm-hmm. Dark. Yeah. But reasonably dark, not like make me feel uncomfortable dark, which I like. I like to be able to to take little sips and enjoy it and not be thrust in the middle of an anxiety attack or so yeah that was good hmm i don't think i've ever had an anxiety attack because of music Ooh, you're missing out oh am i i've had it happen twice what were you listening to oh first time like the first official time that i ever had an anxiety attack listening to music was uh there was a album that Ion Dissonance which I don't know what you'd classify them as maybe I don't know they're a metal band from Canada mm-hmm. and they use a lot of like very like <laughs> pun intended dissonant chords like the chords that like like the the shrieking chords yeah and uh, I can't remember which song off the album but had an anxiety attack, like, basically before I went to school that day. Oh, no. Uh, now, granted, I used to take Adderall, so that may have had mm. had had something to do with it. But then the second time that I've had a known anxiety, like, just, ugh, um, was listening to, what's it called? Um, gr- grievance? It's the album. Wait. Are you yeah. talking about convulsing? Yes, the very first song off the that album. Really? Yes, yes, it did. On the way to work, I most certainly did, and I was like, "Oh." Okay, so your anxiety levels are heightened when you're driving. So, if if it gives you more anxiety, like listening mm. to a song on top of like driving, I'm, mm. I'm assuming that's probably it. So, like all those times that I've played convulsing on here, and you're like, "Oh God." It was because of that. Well, yes. And actually, I think that you you had showed me the band first. And then, you know, just me being honest. So you showed me the band first. And yes, it still makes me feel a little uneasy. But I'll listen to it. Like, I don't care. It's good as shit. Right? Like, it's like the worst cake in the world for you to eat. But I'm still going to fucking eat it. I'm yeah. still going to eat it. Right. Um, But yeah, I had coffee. That morning too. Oh, that's kind of amplified even further. Okay, you were that was just a mixture for disaster. Yeah, still good though. But anyway, um, yeah, this song and the lyrics, pretty pretty dark. Well, I, I I could totally sit down and listen to this whole album. Just like I I like concept albums. Oh, it's fucking good, dude. Like, yeah, I encourage everybody to go. I'll have the link to Bandcamp. You can find it wherever the fuck you want, but I'll that I always give you the link for that at least, and you can just like listen to it, beginning to end, and just savor the dark gloominess that is this wonderful album. Yeah, I've I've done it a couple times at least since uh, in the last I don't know week or two. But anyway, uh, dude. Let's take a brief moment. Now, this isn't necessarily a Halloween factoid, 
but we typically associate death with Halloween mm-hmm. and the dead and whatnot. And I remembered that there were some traditions where they would interact with the corpses of their dead relatives. So I couldn't remember like where it happened, so I Googled it. And I found this interesting thing. There's this Indonesian tribe um, that celebrates this thing. Uh, It's called a Manini death ritual. Hmm. That's M-A-apostrophe-N-E-N-E. It's been happening uh, every three years for the last 900 years. The people of the Limbang Patan village dig out the mummified bodies of their loved ones to clean them, dress them in new clothes, and bury them again. Sometimes they even like give like oh grandpa loved cigarettes. Give grandpa a cigarette. Um Oh my god. The ceremony <laughs> celebrated by all families in the village is a key element in their belief system which combines Christian and indigenous concepts. The idea behind it all is that death is not the end of a person's life, but rather another step, a very important one, in a long spiritual life. For this reason, every detail of a person's death, burial, and afterlife must be carefully seen to, and family members spare no expense in fulfilling their duties. The resulting ceremonies are also are so lavish and complex that tourists go from all over the world to witness them. And there is pictures of corpses wearing some pretty nice clothes. <laughs> Putting a hat on grandpa. <laughs> Grandma's wearing glasses. Going to the store to get some yeah. Marlboro Reds. Putting a- <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Like They got uh, this old dead, th- this, this corpse <laughs> is dressed in a pretty... In a suit. Uh, the tie and the shirt clash horribly. You've got plaid and flowers and the colors. It's like spring versus autumn. It looks really... B- like, I don't think he would have appreciated that. He's going to haunt your ass. <laughs> Just because he's dead doesn't mean he doesn't, he, like, doesn't deserve a nice suit. Um, but, yeah, I find that fascinating. Also, uh, when there are sleeves involved... Uh, and you're a corpse, they don't bother putting your arms through the sleeves hole, apparently. Uh, her arms are just at her side and her sleeve holes are empty. This is interesting. Oh. Well, that that makes sense because probably the effort that you'd have to go through just to, like, get the arms to, like, you probably break break the arm off the socket. And you don't want to break Grandma's arm. Yeah. Don't That'd break be it. shitty. Uh... So, there's this corpse cleaning ceremony. The village leaders sing for days leading up to the exhumations. And then every mummy is dug up by the respective families so that they can be brushed, cleaned, and dressed in new clothes. The coffins, too, are given a touch-up, getting repairs and sometimes being replaced altogether in order to slow down the decomposition process. This part of the ceremony is perhaps the most emotional one because... We get to see the living family members interact with their beloved ones, taking photos with them and enjoying the opportunity to, quote, see them once again. Whether the loved one has only been dead for a year or has already been gone for decades, it is definitely a great gift for someone who misses them. 
After the bodies are dressed in their new clothes, they are reburied for another three years until the next ceremony. Wow. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Like, it makes me think of, I don't know, I think here in America, and I've talked to my parents about this before, like, I think I think that the way that, like, we, <clears throat> the way that we see death is, like, really unhealthy. Can you imagine us doing the, doing that here? Oh, God. Like, like, grieving is already hard enough as it is. I feel, I feel like that would just, like, let's just... Let's just bring it right back again. Oh my God! I can, I'm just thinking back at some of the loss that has happened in my family, mm-hmm. and like having to do a ceremony like a year, three years, somewhere like to that like loved one mm-hmm. would just be too much. Yeah, <laughs> like especially if it's someone that died before their time. Yeah. Like, oh, I wonder if they have really good grief counselors in this village. <laughs> right? Anyway, let's let's listen to some fucking music. <laughs> God damn. Uh, I have more new stuff, sort of, sort of new stuff. Uh, the band is Fiend. Uh, they're French. Paris, actually. Uh, so I might butcher the album name. Wonoris? O N E R O U S. Wonoris? Sounds like a good guess to me. Right. Uh, I'm going to play the song The Potion Part 2. Uh, even though this release is October 24th, it is technically a re-release because it was originally released uh. November 2013. But uh, it looks like they have members from KMFDM in here. What? Uh, no. Michael Basson? I'm probably fucking that guy's name up. I'm sorry, dude. I'm on freaking bored ah well let's listen to that sweet sweet potion Thank you. 
So that was Fiend. The Potion Part 2. I like that. Um, what would you classify that as? Is, I, that, is it Doomy? I would call it Doom. Doom. Yeah. Ooh, uh, fun, fun little thing. Let's see here. Ah, Cirrus uh, was their, uh, the most recent album that they released uh, back in December of 2018. Mm-hmm. And the Fiend was invited by Tool to be their opening band on their recent European tour. Nice. Yeah, so that's like really fucking cool. It's yeah, a big thumbs up. Fuck yeah. So, but yeah, I think they're, I think that's a pretty good. I, I'm glad they're re-releasing it because their original 2013 release was self-released. So now it's actually huh. getting like a proper like label release. Gotcha. I like, I have a lot of respect for people and record companies that do that because I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of records that go under the radar that people don't know about and then eventually you have a record company come along and say, "You know what? We're going to take this under our wing." With of course the band's permission. Yeah. But yeah, I I like that. That's a very it's a very kind gesture and plus it it like it reinforces it. Indeed. Indeed. Well, um, I guess it's time for more spooky shit. What kind of spooky shit? Like, um, let's see here. <laughs> Orban? Orban? Have you heard of the Orban Festival? Mm-mm. A traditional Buddhist festival, Orban commemorates lost ancestors whose spirits are believed to come back during Orban to visit relatives. Uh, It's traditionally celebrated during the seventh lunar moon around the 15th day. Uh, Today that roughly translates to August 15th, and most festivals throughout Japan are held from August 13th to 16th, uh, though in some areas of... uh, Tokyo? T O K O Y A. They celebrate it around July 15th, so I guess it depends on where you are as to where you, when you actually celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since it commemorates the spirits of ancestors, many people return to their hometowns and spend the holidays surrounded by friends and family. In Kyoto, residents publicly mark the end of Orbo by lighting giant bonfires in the hills surrounding the city. The fires are thought to guide spirits back to the world of the dead. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, I would like to see something like that. Well, it's like uh, Samhain, mm-hmm. and there are other festivals um, around like harvest time and, and solstices where they light big bonfires to keep like witches and, and bad entities away. Mm-hmm. And here they're using the fires to guide them. <laughs> so humans humans mm. are strange creatures. Yeah, that is it's very strange. But it's cool that there's like it's like all different around the world. Yeah. Well there's all these differences, but also all these similarities. Yeah. It's like how original is anything really? 
It's all derivative. Sam. Your holiday is derivative. I'm kidding. Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we've been kind of in a doomy path, so to speak, uh, I was thinking that we could play Haunt. You familiar with Haunt from California? I don't think so. I saw them a little while back. It wasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't been quite a year. Uh, and they put on a good show. I'm gonna play Ghost off of their "If Icarus Could Fly" album. Hmm. And and yeah, because you know Halloween ghosts. You play a song <laughs> called Ghost. Uh, so here it is.
that was Haunt. Ghost. That's good. I like his um, his vocals. Yeah. Yeah, I think it fits well with the uh, traditional heavy metal sound they got going on. I don't know. There's something about that that was, that was different to me. Maybe it's probably why I was drawn to it, but definitely the thing that stood out the most to me was his, was his vocals. Yeah. Also, I just like the switching it up. We had a lot of aggressive <laughs> stuff and then we yeah. had some like really doomy stuff. So a little, I don't know, the best way to say is peppy. <laughs> <laughs> in, I'll take that. In comparison to, uh, yeah. Oh, fiddlesticks. There's uh, the next band. Before we get to the next band, more fun Halloween facts. Spoopy. Spoopy. That's silly. All right. (laughs) So, borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. And this, of course, became what we know today as trick-or-treating, which makes my mom handing out pennies less weird. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine back in the day, uh, people would probably give you like little baked goods, like little cakes or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how people back then weren't just like the size of houses. Because I feel like every (laughs) fucking holiday, there's like cake. Yeah. And if you work in an office, which I have in the past, uh, whenever somebody has a birthday, there's cake, and then you start looking like you work in an office. Yeah. Yeah. You just say no to cake. But anyway, uh, this is interesting. Young women believed that on Halloween they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairings, or mirrors. Hmm. And I was like, the fuck? Apple pairings. <laughs> so I looked it up. Thank you, org. You're so handy. <laughs> uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, whoever, whatever, uh, this is uh, a spell. Apple pairings. Okay, so on October 28th, uh, that is a double saint's day. Take an apple, pair it whole, and take the pairings in your right hand. And stand in the middle of the room and say the following verse. Saint Simon and Jude, on you I intrude. By this pairing I hold to discover, without any delay, to tell me this day, the first letter of my true lover. Turn around three times and cast the pairing over your left shoulder, and it will form the first letter of your future husband's surname. But if the pairing breaks into many pieces so that no letter is discernible, you will never marry. Unless you take the pips of the same apple, put them in spring water, and drink the water at bedtime. Yeah. I wonder how many young women would do that. And it would just come up as fucking apple peel. On the ground, making no sense. When you say how many women would do that, are you talking about like them doing it more than once? Well, like said, so they do it every every October twenty eighth. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, and one year they do it, and it, and they're like, "Oh my god, Miriam's never getting married." What I'd be curious about is if it came true. Oh my god! <gasps> yeah, magic. I'm, probably not. If it if it, <laughs> if it did, you know, come true. Yeah, it was 
definitely coincidence. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, okay, so in the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighbors getting together and less about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. My favorite. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, food, uh, and festive costumes. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take everything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. Hmm. So, boo-boo. Oh, it's, oh, we're scared. Oh. You said boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> boo. Yeah. Um, and now it's... Uh, I feel like people are trying to include more of the old things into it, depending on, like, who you hang with, I guess. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. They just sterilized it. Yeah. I, I do miss um I do miss Halloween as a kid. I mean I didn't go to many Halloween parties as an adult. I mean I'm still an adult. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely might have had more fun as an adult. I don't know. Like the things that used to scare me as a kid it was just like this this brand new territory and now the things that scare me as an adult are life or is life oh adulting sucks yeah it's like all the 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 unseen horrors that i didn't think about when i was younger it's like bam here you go happy halloween oh my god bad. yeah taxes the only way to get out of that is death and it's it's like it's like <laughs> homework for adults oh anyway i'm saying doing them and then there's a due date. It's like a goddamn paper. <laughs> anyway, uh, we should listen to. So there's this band called Solicitor. And are they thrash? Uh, m- m- maybe. Uh, they're releasing a self-titled uh, under Gates of Hell Records on the 25th of October. They're all, they they're missing Double Saints Day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they're from Seattle, Washington. This is a reissue of an EP. Mm. Um, it is feisty speed metal with old school metal brashness. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Amy Lee is the vo- Amy Lee Carlson is the vocalist. <laughs> I almost fucked that up. <laughs> no, it is not that Evanescence <laughs> woman. Amy Lee Carlson, she's full of feistiness. I'm real good with words. Anyway, uh, we are going to listen to Night Stalker. Awesome.
So you just heard Solicitor. Uh, that song is called Night Stalker, and it's off of their self-titled EP that's being re-released. You can pick that up October 25th. Yeah. I dig that shit. It's a good song. It um, is very... There's parts here and there that uh, was different in a good way on the guitar parts. Yeah. Um, but all in all, it's, it's very familiar uh what type of metal is that like a speed thrash kind of thing going on gotcha yeah yeah i haven't really listened to a lot of that um like that that type i've definitely listened to a lot of speed metal but not like that type there fuck i have an article bookmarked actually um talking about some good speed metal bands that I should share with you. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, there's one that's from Europe that I like, and I'm like, just come to America, and why can't I remember the name of that fucking band? Fuck it, doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll come to me eventually. It's it's on my Bandcamp wish list. Oh. <laughs> but that's like finding a needle in a fucking yeah, haystack. The, the yeah. grand tome. <laughs> Fuck, exactly. Um, anyway, I think it's time for our fact. What fact do you have? Um, this is going to make all the white girls so happy. Uh, pumpkin spice bitches. Oh my God. It's more than candy, baked goods, and a latte. Uh, people. Okay. So pumpkin spice is a mixture of. Nutmeg, cinnamon, ginger, and cloves. All spices that we humans have been enjoying in our food for a very long time. Um, so, researchers have discovered that humans have been using nutmeg as food for 2,000 years longer than previously thought. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Okay, so prepare for me to butcher island names. <laughs> P-U-L-A-U. Pulu? Pulu. Oi? A-Y. Pulu Oi. That's two separate words. Uh, It's one of the islands, one of the uh, Banda Islands in Indonesia. Indonesia. Archaeologists found ancient nutmeg residue on ceramic pottery shards that they estimate to be 3,500 years old. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. That's a long time ago, man. Um, so nutmeg was a big part of the global spice trade. Uh, thousands of years after people on that island were mixing nutmeg in their (laughs) pots, this and other spices became extremely valuable. Um, so Asia sold the spices to the Middle East and North Africa, and from there they trickled into Europe. And by the 1300s, maybe earlier, uh, traders traveled to the islands, which were called the Spice Islands, because that was the only place they knew where nutmeg grew. And at one point in the 1300s, when tariffs were at their highest, pounds of nutmeg in Europe cost seven fattened oxen and was more valuable a commodity than gold. Oh my god. Right. I mean, 
I love pumpkin spice flavored shit, but I'm not gonna like. Oh, here's my seven oxen. Right. Yeah. I don't have seven oxen. That's a lot. Anyway, <laughs> a desire for the spice is part of what drove European seafarers and like to like get out there and get that spice. Uh, the Dutch were so hungry for nutmeg that in the late 1600s. That they traded their colony of New Amsterdam uh, with Britain in exchange for the Pulu Run uh, Island that's part of the Banda Islands because it produced nutmeg. And the British renamed that colony New York. Ooh. Oh, snap. Um <clears throat> But yeah, that island remained part of the Netherlands until the mid-20th century when it became part of uh, the new independent nation of Indonesia. Interesting. Yeah, but it's fascinating to see such early use of nutmeg, a spice that changed the world a thousand years later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to go get all up in some pumpkin spice shit right now. It's like a drug. Of a pumpkin loaf. Oh my god. Pumpkin loaf, like somebody like sneaks up behind you and tries to chloroform you. Is that the word chloroform? Yeah. Chloroform yeah. you with the, the pumpkin loaf? Like, oh god, no. I am fainting as you're eating it. Uh, oh god, the cruelty. It's so delicious. <laughs> and you're all... Stop, stop now. <laughs> uh, anyway. Let's get back to some spooky tunes. Spooky. We got Strigoi. 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 Fuck, I just looked up the pronunciation. I'm pretty close. I'm yeah. Pr- I'm pretty close, kids. Uh, this is a band from Chile. Strigoi is... Okay, these stage names are fucking great. Uh, we've got Horror Hammer on drums and backing vocals. Drums, bass, and backing vocals. <laughs> Thunderbolt is on guitar, and Volcanic is on vocals. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they they describe it as heavy metal of death. So, yeah. I think they're fun. Uh, we're going to listen to Spectral Chimes.
So that was Strigoi from Chile. And I like that shit. I like it too. It reminds me of old school death metal. I like that. Yes, and I did too. Very much, (laughs) very much. Well, uh, I felt that song was very appropriate for a Halloween light themed episode. uh, Because there was definitely mention of um, winged demons haunting the night. And Nosferatu witching ghouls. I'll take I'll take the Nos over over them wing demons. Yeah. You give anything evil with wings, it's it's bad. It's more than bad news. Yeah. It is. Also, um what what was that thing you pulled up about uh Strigoi? Fuck, I can't remember it. Says in Romanian in Romanian mythology, they are troubled spirits that are said to have risen from the grave. They are attributed with the abilities to transform into an animal, become invisible, and to gain vitality from the blood of their victims. How about no? That just sounds like another variation of the vampire. Yeah, and it's pretty rad. That's also a great band name to go with it's just it's, it's True. just a, a nice tasty spooky package <laughs> and i appreciate that side note mm-hmm. local bland local band cleric will be releasing their album serpent palm psalms serpent psalms october 25th and i think that's an excuse to harass the band for an interview and play something <laughs> new <laughs> Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and by harass, I mean a nicely worded email. Fuck, uh, it's time for another fact, isn't it? Let's hit it. All right. So we ta- We mentioned how Halloween got sterilized. Remove all the grotesque, spooky shit out of it. <clears throat> okay, so by the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween became a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties that featured entertainment. Uh, But despite their best efforts, there was still uh, problems with vandalism Hmm. happening. Uh, So by the 1950s, town leaders uh, finally gained successful... uh, They successfully limited vandalism, and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at... The young. That's right. Babies. <laughs> 1950s. We now have... Yeah. Civic centers, classrooms, homes easily accommodate these child-friendly events. Um, also, between the 1920s and 1950s, uh, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was revived. Uh, Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share in the... Fuck. My screen just... Fuck you. It just went... It just jumped to pumpkin spice history. <laughs> you consume. 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 <laughs> I already want it. Oh. Uh, anyway, uh, between 1920 and 1950, 
The centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the holiday celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. Uh, (laughs) Thus, a new American tradition was born, and it has continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated six billion annually on Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Wow. Right? I mean, that's that's like, that's skipping the, the giving of thanks. That's, I mean, I guess it makes, it's it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Because well, it's I, like, it's only going to come, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay, so people are spending money on candy. Yeah. I mean, you go to a nice neighborhood and they're dishing out like fucking full-size candy bars and that's where you want to go. Um costumes costumes Ooh, don't forget there are people out there that are just really into decorating for like all holidays and they will just just go all out like my buddy megan had a full-size skeleton horse do you remember that i do Mm -hmm. i miss that so much i know that horse is really great he didn't eat he didn't shit he (laughs) didn't bite (laughs) uh but yeah, I remember uh, when I was like, I don't know, eight, maybe, uh, trick-or-treating like in the middle of July. <laughs> I really confused my neighborhood old ladies, but they were like, yeah, it's cool. Come in. I got some candy. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a tradition I can definitely get behind. But, ooh, okay. So we have two bands left and I'm going to let you pick. There's Zoth and Murda Mundi. I like Mon- Murder Monday. <laughs> Murder <laughs> Monday. That's M-E-R-D-A-M-U-N-D-I. Murder Monday. Yeah. Um, Let's do that one. So, fun fun thing about that is uh, I have interviewed the human that has made that music. It is... Uh, I'm going to fuck his name up because not American. Deha? D-E-H-A. Dia? Uh, Slow is one of his projects, Um, which I'm a big fan of, and there is a upcoming release for that. But hold up. Let me pull this up. The note for this is great. It's so short. Uh, Anyway, uh, the album is called Hatred. It's going to be released October 18th. The record label, I'm going to fuck it up. Malpermestia Records? Mm. Eh. Anyway, Hatred is the new album created by the sick brain of multitasks, multitasking musician Dia with his project Murda Mundi. Four intense tracks uh, filled with the purest hate you've ever heard. Great. They they say sick brain. I thought he was really nice. (laughs) Really sweet guy. We talked about books and eating oatmeal. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta dig deep for that that hatred and then yeah. Also, I really appreciate the fact that this guy is making like really like, uh, and he's like, I listen to Britney Spears sometimes. 
And I'm like, and thank you. Yes, I very much appreciate that too. Yeah, because there is always this just idea that if you're a metalhead, that's all you listen to and you're just sticking your nose up to everything else. And we listen to other shit. Very much so. And yeah, people would be very, very surprised. Yeah. Like, go to in, like, even if you're not into metal and you go to any random metal show, Mm. ask, ask someone what they listen to normally or just in, in general. And they're going to pull something out of the, out of the hat that you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Right? Yeah. Like, I was at the Demolition Hammer show last night Mm. and I'm talking to this biochemist professor uh about music and he's like telling me about jazz and i'm like oh i've been getting into jazz like what's some jazz that you like and he's like oh monk monk's great and i'm like send me send me recommendations (laughs) this is how it starts too and then you go down that oh oh, i love it yeah yeah it's pretty great it's just it's just metals what i'm fanatical about and I'm not going to sit here talking about my jazz adventures. Because I don't... <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know jack shit about jazz. You know what? Neither do I. I'm just learning as I go. Uh, but we're going to listen to Fucking Hate Them off of this uh, Hatred album. Whoa. Yeah. It's going to be good. Whoa. It's going to be very hate-filled. Glorious.
So that was Murdamundi. I'm probably fucking that up. It's a good try. Dea's from Belgium. <laughs> I'm from America. <laughs> we don't learn shit. Uh, I I really appreciate it. I'm going to add that to uh, the rotation uh, of music I listen to when I'm really, really angry. There's a lot of anger in that song. And when I thought that it was over, it was starting. <laughs> and then when I thought that it was over again, it started again. And you're like, oh, of the end of it? No, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Just, you can't help a headbang. It's a good song. Uh, his vocals, uh, one thing that stood out to me the most was he sounds like, his vocals sound like Emperor Magus Caligula from Dark Funeral. Mm. It's one of their former mm-hmm. um was vocalist that, was that the vocalist uh, for my funeral? Uh, yes, yes, it was. That song is the tits. Yes, it was. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of oh, music like that just or music like this in general just gets me really pumped up, right? Because I feel that I don't know, like I like the extreme metal mm-hmm. side of things. So yeah, oh yeah. Well, uh, this project has been around since 2006. It's the third full-length release. And Murda Mundi, Hmm. which I'm fucking up, is Latin for shit of the world. (laughs) Yes. Fucking perfect. I appreciate it, truly. Uh, Ooh, lyrical themes hate (laughs) (laughs) no an anti-religion but yeah you don't see get the heck out of here the album's called hatred don't you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm a dork all right so uh fuck 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 there we go sometimes the three finger scroll thing does not work on this thing or i'm just don't know how to use i don't know how to use technology (laughs) Uh, ooh, uh, horror movies. Yes. So, speaking of commercial success, uh, scary movies, scary Halloween movies, have a long history of being box office hits. Classic Halloween movies include the Halloween franchise, based on the 1978 original film directed by (gasps) John Carpenter and starring Donald places i'm fucking that guy's name up don't care jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. tony morin in halloween a young boy named michael myers murders 17 year old sister and is committed to jail only to escape as a teen on halloween night and seek out his old home and new targets the man can never be killed i i watched the last halloween movie Ooh, hold on you haven't seen it uh uh-uh. Oh fuck! Uh, considered so I'm a guessing classic, he dies. <laughs> uh, your mom dies. Uh, <laughs> considered a classic horror film down to its spooky soundtrack. It inspired eleven other films in the franchise, and other slasher films like Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. More family friendly, like Hocus Pocus, which that was family. Sarah friendly? Sarah Jessica Parker. 
I don't know why, but she's just really hot in that movie and everything else. She has a horse face. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Beetlejuice, which I really appreciate. And then of course there's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, but that's, that's family friendly. <laughs> yeah. But like, so I'm reading this off of uh, history.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, what about the, like, Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera, Nosferatu, like, I'm assuming that these movies were not released around Halloween, therefore they're not credited for being, like, part of Halloween, Mm. but just being, like, you know, old monster flicks and shit, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, yeah. May not have been released right? on Halloween oh. or d- during that time, but I guarantee you that is probably like high priority, like for people to watch on on Halloween. What about Carnival of Souls? I've still never seen that. What? How old is that? Oh fuck! Hold up! Oh god damn it! Using I've been using voice to text a lot lately. <laughs> And uh, sometimes it gets real dumb. 1962 is when it came out. Oh, that's not that no longer ago. It's <laughs> not that long ago. My my parents were small children. <laughs> when that came out. Yeah, it was not even a wet dream. <laughs> uh, Ew. <laughs> when was it originally released? Is there no information like that? Those cheap bastards. Anyway, I enjoy it. I'm going to have to watch it. Now you've got me curious about the new Halloween. I can't believe it. I, I saw it in theaters. I Did am, you? I am real bad about going to the movies. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get better. Like, I'm really excited about Joker and Hansel and Gretel. It looks fucking crazy. The Shining sequel. It's actually The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very surprised that you went and saw Halloween. Yeah, I don't I don't know why, but that surprises me. I didn't know that you that you like. Did do you like those movies or? I have only seen the original Halloween mm-hmm. and then the last Halloween. I never saw anything in between. Gotcha. My mother was very like horror movies are dumb. When I was twelve, for my birthday, I wanted to watch a scary movie, so I rented Child's Play, mm-hmm. and I didn't find it scary. I wanted to be scared. My friends are screaming. I'm like, I'm not scared. It's just a, just it's a just an angry doll. Yeah, <laughs> just treat it right. <laughs> right? Yeah, just let him murder your neighbors, and you're gonna be great. Anyway, we have one more band that is a new release, <laughs> and then we're gonna play out the episode with some local Dallas metal because we love those local guys. Yes. Um oh my god. I'm finding more stuff. Wait, we have we have we talked about a Halloween fact yet? Wait, uh, we just talked about horror movies. Yeah. I'm a goofus. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Cause I'm seeing stuff like black cats and ghosts. Um Halloween matchmaking and lesser known rituals hmm. I like rituals me too uh, hmm, helping young women identify their future husbands we just talked about the apple pairing yeah um, 
yeah. Uh, I'm going to figure one of these, one of these things. We'll figure out which one's the most interesting. We'll share it after this song. Um, because we're going to listen to Fuck Butt. I got to pull that note up. (laughs) Fuck Butt. Too many windows open. Come on, scroll. Do your thing. Good job. Good computer. All right. Ooh, seriously? A PDF? I thought I did something. Oh, wait, hold up. There we go. All right. So, Zoth. Mm-hmm. X-O-T-H. Ooh. Pretty sure the X sounds like a Z in that context. Yeah, it's like... Nothing yeah. ever... Like, X. X. Anyway, Zoth. They are from Seattle. This is their second full length. Uh, it's titled Interdimensional Evocations. Uh, oh, did I mention I like it was a this. self-release? Comes out October 18th. Um, It's mixed by... I'm going to fuck this guy's name up. Joe Sincotta? C-I-N-C-O-T-T-A. He's done uh, Obituary and Suffocation. That's why I mentioned the name. To get you an idea of the mixing of this. Um, let's see the groups. Fourth overall release reveals a mature, otherworldly sound that is vaguely reminiscent of Death, Balsagoth, and Emperor. Oh, I just heard. You're excited, aren't uh, you? Yes. You're a big Emperor fan, though. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is this is bound to get you going. Uh, let's see. They introduce themes of sci-fi, ancient mysteries, um, emerging catastrophes, uh, social commentary, lined with a layer of humor. Oh, great. That's always important. Right? <laughs> I mean, we're all doomed, so might as well laugh at bits of it. Or all of it. Oh, why not? <laughs> oh, we're all going to suffocate on a f- increasingly poisonous atmosphere. Whee! Yes. Um. Anyway, we're going to listen to Casting the Sigil. That's the first song off of their uh, upcoming release. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm feeling real weird. It's 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 almost 1030 at night. Yeah. Yeah. We record this shit late. Speaking of, I should plug my laptop in before it dies. How embarrassing would that be? How unprofessional. Anyway, here goes.
that was Zoth casting the sigil off of interdimensional evocations coming out later this month. It was fast-paced, a few black metal chords here and there, and technical, I very much liked. Yeah, I really dig that shit. That's my jam! The, um, there was like a, I don't know, the guitar tone was very, um, it was very unique. There's something about it. Mm. Can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't pick up this shit. I really appreciate your your insight, by the way. Being like a person that plays guitar and makes music, like you see things from a different perspective. I'm just a fan. (laughs) Well, we were all fans once. Right? Still fans. Still fans. This is true. Well... I think it's time for our final bit of Halloween fact. What'd you pick? Well, let's see. We'll just kind of brush over all of it. Okay, so black cats and ghouls. Halloween has always been filled with mystery, magic, and superstition. It began with the Celtic end of summer festival during which people felt especially close to deceased relatives and friends. Uh, Hmm. For these friendly spirits, they set places at the dinner table, left treats on doorsteps and along the sides of roads and light candles to help loved ones find their way back to the spirit world. Um, Today, these Halloween ghosts are depicted as a lot more fearsome and our customs and superstitions are scarier, which Mm. I think is interesting. Um, We avoid crossing the paths with black cats, which... Um, probably has its roots in the Middle Ages. Uh, many people believed that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. Um, we try not to walk under ladders for the same reason. I mean, besides the fact that it's not really safe. <laughs> uh, the superstition may come from the ancient Egyptians who believed that triangles were sacred. And around Halloween especially, we try to avoid breaking mirrors, stepping on cracks in the road, or spilling salt. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Earlier we mentioned how women would throw the peeling of an apple over her left shoulder and and recite some words and whatnot uh, to try to identify who her future husband would be. Um, There are other rituals that young women would do, like in Scotland... Fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into a fireplace. The nuts that burn to ash rather than popping or exploding uh, represent the girl's future husband. Uh, In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. (laughs) Yeah. Another tale is that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of hazelnuts, walnuts, and nutmeg before going to bed on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. Yeah. Wow. Oh, also, other rituals. um, Hold up. Where did it say that? Something about 
throwing an, a ring into mashed potatoes <laughs> and whoever found it at the Halloween feast um, was going to get married. Where the fuck did that go? Uh, I'd be picking it out of the mashed potatoes, licking it off, and setting it aside. <laughs> right? Uh, young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of the future husband's initials. Tried to learn about their futures by peeling an egg yolk floating in a bowl of water and husband's face. What? Looking over the shoulder of their husband. I just can't imagine like myself like throwing apple peels behind myself thinking that it's going to show initials. Like it seems very, it's not like in the shape of any known letter yeah <gasps> what if it's like a russian shape and like ah mail order bride oh now you're talking i'm gonna go home and do that <laughs> dude that sounds like a like at the beginning of a horror movie like you, uh-huh. you get her like shit hot russian bride and she like turns out to be a <laughs> fucking <up>. axe murderer <sighs> tries to kill you on the honeymoon um Ooh, hey, something about bobbing for apples. Okay, other rituals were more competitive. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hut. That just sounds weird. Would be the first to marry. At others, the first, first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. Hmm. Who knew that there was so much, like, kind of these romantic love marriage ideas around a holiday that we today associate with you know scary movies and superstition yeah. and and everything it, it, yeah it is it is interesting yeah it also makes the uh the Halloween party mm-hmm. make more sense i guess is that like valentine's day and and ha- but yeah, it's like, it, oh, look, it's Valentine's Day, but we're dressed up in costumes and treating it kind of like Halloween. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, Megan and, uh, did one of those one year. That sounds very fun. I and- made I made glog for it, and hardly <laughs> anyone drank it, and I drank a lot of glog because I felt obligated since I brought, brought it. I've had your glog before. It's dangerous. Yeah, I did not drive home that night. <laughs> Also, too much clog is really sweet and makes you feel kind of achy. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, enough facts. Let's get down to the local Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> it's such a fun band name to say. Uh, let's see. The album is called Shattering Lights Creation, and the song is called Haunting Black Infinity. Mm. Ooh, before we play it, we love it when you support these bands. So if you like what you hear, go out, buy merch, see them if they're touring, obviously buy their music. Don't be one of those jackasses that wears the shirt and doesn't actually own any of the music. <laughs> I've I've been that person before, and then I eventually... I eventually bought the album. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, don't be don't be that person. I mean, support. Someone someone will find you and poop on your car? Yeah, they'll they'll be like, "I I know you haven't listened to this." Right? 
Um, let's see. For the best show notes, go to bitchinmetal.com. Also, we love hearing from you. Shoot us an email. Constructive criticism is appreciated. Just don't be a jackass. <laughs> Nobody likes a meanie. Yeah, don't, um, be, don't be an arse. Yeah, or if you have like a band that you're like, hey, I'm from your town name here. And this band is really great, and people should know about it. Like, fucking share that shit. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, haunting black infinity.